0: I'm Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the race tracks across Australia and here's Inside Supercars.
1: Welcome to Inside Supercars, continuing our look at the world of e-racing or e-sport or i-racing. It's got so many different handles on it. I sure that I'm using incorrectly at some stage, but Craig Well, Tony Whitlock, and we're talking today with Nathan Prendergast. Uh, Craig, it's a, a subject that you know far more about than I do, well that wouldn't be hard.
0: Yes, and having watched now Formula One, IndyCars, NASCAR, and seen how they've done it, I'm very interested to see what their supercars are taking from these already broadcast iRacing
1: series. Well, I uh, can only imagine that uh, they are as close as you can get to what the real thing is. Um, The uh, the question is, um, will it satisfy the needs of the fans? Because this is the primary reason it's been done to get some fans on board, get them watching uh, broadcast on on, uh, Fox and KO and all the other uh, channels and to get sponsors getting something for their money. Because obviously, uh, teams would be well aware of uh, they need to be delivering people uh, interested in the sport.
0: Yep, that is one of the, the critical things and interestingly Supercars is the one platform where all their stars are going to be on their coverage so that's one thing to look forward to.
1: Far fewer prima donnas in the land of Supercars, well I think we already know that because uh, when fans from overseas uh, Find out about how the access that you can get to the drivers in our category. They are staggered as compared with some of the others. So uh, it, it's a, an interesting world that uh, we hope the fans will take up because obviously they need to uh, be uh, part of this category to to maintain it.
0: Nathan Prentice joins us on the line, who is the general manager of Supercars Media and content, and I can imagine it's feeling like you need 30 hours in a day as you get ready for the start of the BPE series.
2: Yeah, it's been an extremely busy period for us. I mean, there's a normally this is six months of work for a traditional E-series and we've essentially put that together in, in three weeks. So it's been a lot of challenges, a lot of days, but I have to say that I've never seen the pit lane unite like this. I've never seen everyone point in the same direction and do whatever it takes to deliver this product. So um, it's certainly helping that everyone's on board.
0: It's interesting because I can imagine that there is this huge pressure that is being put on you to deliver this e-series because it's going to help sustain the business during a crisis.
2: Oh, look, there's a lot of pressure on the whole department, really, and the whole business, and we're just spreading the load. Um, You know, it's important for us to make sure that this is done right. So most certainly we are feeling it uh, from the perspective that we're all in the, in the Supercars Media Department, we're all perfectionists and live television's about getting it right and getting it, getting it right the first time. You get one shot at it. So this is a new environment for us. It's a, it's a, it's a new frontier. So the pressure's there to, to make sure that we can deliver the product to the level and standard we expect in a live broadcast.
0: How have you been surprised by the buy-in of the teams and and also the sponsors to a large extent as well?
2: Look, to be honest, it's remarkable and extremely refreshing. It's an example of what's possible. I mean, everyone that I have spoken to has been both positive and offered support and has been willing to get on board and make this happen. You know, there's been um, amazing ideas and initiatives come to me. There's been of support on how we can improve it. We've seen all our supercar sponsors and partners embrace it and get on board. We're grateful VPs, picked up the naming rights to the the series, and and we've got a lot of our traditional other partners involved in it. And then at a team level, from team principals right down to, you know, the guys behind the wheel, they're all engaged and willing to to be a part of this and understand how important it is for the sport.
0: How many of your regular team and I I mean the media team in front of the camera and behind the camera, are going to be part of this coverage?
2: Look, behind the camera, there's the the traditional um, guys uh, like Brian Forshaw, who's the uh, telecast director. He's still directing this telecast. David Tunnicliffe is heavily involved as the live producer, and Jake Sissons, who works with us um, behind the scenes as editor and associate producer, is involved. Um, and then obviously the broader media team are helping in the background at an administration level. And then when it comes to on-camera, um, we're really lucky in a, um we've managed to get a bit of a United Nations of television with Matthew White from Network 10, Jess Yates from Fox Sports and, of course, Supercar's own Neil Crofton, who are hosting this and are the faces of it uh, sitting on the desk, Neil and Matt providing the, the main commentary for the, for the pictures. Then we've got what we call our pit reporters, which are Chad Nalon and former iRacing champion Jonathan Simon, who are in Melbourne. We've been them in. And uh, and then in the background at a DSO level, Craig Baird is connecting from his home on the Gold Coast, where he's going to provide his input um, with Nash Morris actually helping him out, which is fantastic. So a lot of familiar names, a lot of familiar faces, and uh, we want this to be the best uh, E-Series and iRacing show uh, going around.
0: It's interesting cuz iRacing the platform is US based and particularly with uh, particularly NASCAR cuz I, I know that iRacing was cutting the footage and, and making the camera calls for the NASCAR shows is that what's what happening they they're cutting the package and beaming it straight to you or are you actually going to be ch- uh, camera switching
2: No the the game is an extremely powerful tool that has a number of different options and angles and uh, you know, camera cuts available to it. We've been lucky enough to be able to get access to a third-party software which effectively maps the cameras either similar to what we have at a supercar telecast or a Formula One telecast. So we use two observer machines. One provides a traditional external cut. The second one allows us to search through the field and either do onboards or specialty shots or fixed shots. So so we do select and control the cameras, but it's not like a traditional telecast where you. We call each individual camera number. There's a set of preset moves that we take direct from the game and then jump between two observer boxes to put the telecast together. Add to that, we've got um, the ability to select everyone's driving shot from their either their phone or their web camera at home, and we box that um, with some additional complimentary shots that we've got and... Uh, it makes it a telecast that most people expect to see when they tune into Fox Sports or Network Ten.
0: It must be then a whole new set of skill sets for you guys standing behind the screens with the decks, making the decision on what to go next and what to put where.
2: It, it's funny. The one thing I got from the rehearsal is that the thought process is exactly the same. So whilst the functionality of going to the next camera is different the fact that you have to be ahead of it and go and understand what's going to happen next in the game or with the cars is, is still the same thought pattern. So, for example, if someone goes into the pit, you have to be careful which cam you're on because you might just get a, a masked shot of a side of a pit lane wall, for example. So, you know, you need to go to an onboard shot if they pit or a high external shot. Likewise, for rejoins, you need the same philosophy where you go, well, we've got our race leader pitting, the rejoint's now gonna be with car X. We need to box that car, find that car. So so whilst the actual physical action of changing the shots is different, the philosophy behind how you do a coverage is exactly the same.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> the big thing is the your cars, they in all the screenshots you've put out and probably what you saw today is how realistic the iRacing Racing platform is. How much Time, effort, and cost—does it take to to skin an iRacing car?
2: Look, we uh, we're very lucky. We've engaged a pretty clever gentleman that helps it with us. So teams send us the artwork, and um, and he works on that. And generally, they're done overnight. So so I have to be completely honest and say it. I don't know how he does it so well because they look remarkable. But he's he's certainly got it down to a fine art. And it's one of the things that we're encouraging teams to embrace with iRacing is the ability to modify car liveries round by round. So we're expecting some cool retro liveries occasionally or some funky ones should they want to do it because it is relatively easy to do.
0: And it's been something when we look at what NASCAR's done is they've really been each week been able to build up on their livery packages for the different cars because they have, like supercars, such a history be- between the number and the car and the sponsors.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I think certain teams are going to make these liveries available to the general public. I know it's not uh, something that everyone can do due to rights and sponsors and so forth, but, but we'd like the ability for the, you know the punters at home to, to embrace some of these cool liveries and get on the program and race with them at home as well.
0: Mm. Now, how did you go about picking tracks, picking formats? As you said, normally a, a six- to 12-month enterprise, which you, you've you done in about a month and a half at best.
2: Look, there was a lot of learning from the E-Series that we've done in the past on which tracks provided good racing. It's one of the reasons we chose Monza for the first round. It was one of the star tracks from the E-Series last year got lots of overtaking opportunity and provided some good racing. So that was, that was something we could go to. And then it was sort of just theming them. So, you know, uh, European swing and American swing, you know, back to the Australian heartland with Oran Park and Bathurst. So, you know, when you look at the available tracks and you look at the really good ones, because there are some gung-ho tracks out there, it was pretty easy to group them and then decide what we do. Formats is still a work in progress, and um, we have decided to, to shake things up a little bit for round one where it was sort of listed as two traditional races. It's actually going to be a short 15-minute sprint from Phillip Island, followed by a reverse grid format slightly longer, and then we go to a longer race format um, of around 35 minutes from Monza. So we want to have a a chance for different guys to be at the front of the field, for the racing to uh, be fresh and always close, and so we're going to be trying different things across the season.
0: Have you set yourself, uh, in this first race particularly, on resets and and how you're going to manage those sorts of things on how many times a, a, a destroyed car can be brought back out and, and the like?
2: Look, it was one of the things that we discovered today from the rehearsal is the use of the escape key needs to be managed because, um, you know, realistically people need to treat this like a proper race and if they've got a damaged car to get it back to the pits and get it repaired. We're offering fast repairs to make sure people get back on the track as quick as possible. Um, and, you know, look, the truth is we don't know what we don't know. We're learning as we go. We've got a solid base and understanding of what we want to achieve, but there's certainly going to be things that we need to refine as the season rolls on.
0: Do you have... Like, the one thing that Supercars has managed to do, which is fantastic, is you've got all 25 main game drivers, which is a a huge credit to the series and to the uh, drivers themselves that they want to participate have you got a limit? Is there a, a bandwidth connection or anything like that that does limit how many you could go with wildcards and co-drivers and the like?
2: Look, I think the game, someone told me the game sort of doesn't like anything over about 55. So it's a long way from anywhere we will get. I think you know, we might see 30, maybe a little over 30 cars in some of our wildcard rounds and some of our um, particularly themed races where we're hoping to do a bit of a USA versus Australia round, and we're hoping to do a bit of a U- European swing. So, you know, I expect to see potentially four or more wildcards there, but it's still well and truly within the scope and the capability of the iRacing platform.
0: Now, you did go with some super speedways, and I know your love of drag racing. Did you ever try to contemplate maybe a, a straight-line drag race? Do you know what? I have not considered a drag race, but
2: I'll mark that down. It's probably worth noting with the Super Speedway that the, the cars aren't – iRacing's really true to how the cars operate, and they don't have the gearing to, to really run on the big ovals consistently. So we'll be running on the rovals, so there will be our banked element, but there'll still be a traditional circuit in the inside. As for the drag racing, you pointed before, I might find a way we can do that because I like that idea.
0: <laughs> hey, Craig Beard he's going to be playing an interesting role and to some extent the game determines the penalty. So how's Craig going to be feeding in?
2: Craig's really excited to be a part of this because he understands um, that this is a good way to make sure that the people that watch at home realise it's serious, that, that he's actually there providing the same look and the same eye that he would in the normal race with a level of leniency. So you're right, the game does manage certain things itself so if you're too hungry with a corner and you what we would call traditionally curb hop the game asks you to yield anyway but where better will be making rulings is you know if someone turns someone around then we have to decide well is that a bump and lose a spot like a 5 10 and 30 penalty and, and Greg will be assessing those things and plus it's another entertaining way to bring another face and voice into this and get some human human aspect back into the game because what's important for us is to humanise this coverage, to put as many real heads into it in boxes or full frame or whatever as we can so that people aren't just watching an animated
0: race, they're actually understanding that there's real people in the background running this, controlling this, managing this. And it gives you a fantastic opportunity that you don't get in the real world and that is to go to Craig whilst he's making deliberations to see the process uh, which normally is done behind closed doors or uh, you know in the pressure of race control
2: yeah that's right so Craig's set up with uh, with an iRacing platform himself and he um, and he's got an output of our broadcast coverage and you know he I think Craig's a great character and he knows how to, uh, to play the game as well. So, so I think it'll be a, an
0: entertaining addition to the broadcast. Now, will you have safety cars during the race? Look, the answer is yes, uh, if required. So at this stage, we haven't thrown one,
2: we haven't tried one, but if there is a need for one, we will throw one, yes.
0: Yeah, and the drivers get to choose the reset too?
2: Pardon me, could you repeat?
0: With the damage, the drivers can hit that uh, escape key, as you were saying before?
2: No, they, like, I don't want them to hit escape. I want them to drive back to, um, to pit lane like they would in a traditional race. The only way we're going to let them escape back to the pits is if you've ended up in a different paddock somewhere and you're upside down and you literally cannot drive back. But we, we really want them to treat this realistically and, and if they're damaged, to get back to the pits.
0: Have you had the time to look at what NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One have all done to see some of their lessons learnt?
2: Oh look certainly, you know, I I've touched on all of their telecasts and learnt from what they're doing and, and you know, things are like things that I, I would do differently. You know, they're all doing a really good job of it and everyone's um you know, everyone's putting their particular touch on it. I think what makes ours unique is the fact that A, we've managed to get all championship drivers, you know, there's not a selection. This is the proper the proper uh, Virgin Australian Supercars championship drivers going against each other. And the fact that we are seeing a lot more of our broadcast talent through, you know, hosting areas. I know F1 have got one, but, you know, I, I think I've, I've borrowed from a little bit of everything. I've looked at that, and then we're going to do
0: our own ideas as well. Mm. And you're trying to balance fun and seriousness of racing? Oh, 100%. I mean, the prime primary focus with, with this thing and the tone of it has to be
2: entertainment. You know, whilst we want a robust, strong competition, and then all the rehearsals and the, the practice sessions I've seen, we're certainly going to get that. This thing has to be first and foremost
0: entertaining. And it gets you on prime time, midweek prime time, which is the, the toughest time for any sport to try and uh, lock themselves into.
2: 100%. And we're really blessed as a sport to have a platform where we can do this. You know, we, we can get in our actual cars. They can look like the cars they race. They are as difficult, if not harder to drive, if you are some people. And we can put on a genuine show.
0: Has the trash talking that the drivers have been doing... Inspired you for new ideas to continue when you're back in the real world.
2: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Although what I don't advise is some of the things they do in practice sessions when they line each other up. <laughs> we don't advise that in the
0: real world. No, but uh, that must be a breath of fresh air because we all, us in the media, normally always talk about how corporate they are, and here in the uh, virtual world, they've actually got a bit more personality
2: oh, look, it's fantastic. It's one of the one of the other benefits of this series. It's just, you know, these personalities are coming out. And we're also seeing some new faces towards the front. So, yes, you've got your, your traditional gurus that you would expect to run at the front. But, I mean, we had Zane Goddard running inside the top three today in a, in a rehearsal race. So, you know, look to see it shake up. Look to see some, some personalities emerge and to talk to some people that wouldn't normally um, get as much airtime as, uh, as, as traditional.
0: Now, are you... How, how are you going whilst you're doing all this? How are you going with what you have to do in the real world when we come out of this Corona-19 uh, hibernation?
2: Oh, look, there's ne- never an um, eye not on the, the prize and that is to go racing for real. I mean, it, that's probably um, out of my hands at the moment. There's some, some people handling the calendar and trying to figure out examples of when we go racing, but we've got, everything uh, on standby press, ready to go the moment we uh, we get a colour and an understanding of when we can hit the track for real. And uh, don't worry, we'll,
0: we'll be ready when it's time. Have you been happy with the response of the other big project that you took on last year and now it's being rolled out this year with Inside Line? Yeah, look, I have. It's, it's, it's actually really good to see it finally get out into the
2: space and get in front of people. It's been a massive project we've had huge amounts of media to troll through and there's been a lot of people spend a lot of time on getting it right. And you can imagine that it's a fine balance between, um, you know, uh, being too raw and too uncut and, and actually making a product that's not too hardcore, hardcore motorsport. And I think that, you know, we've got a fine balance of it. I think it probably tips a little bit towards the, the car guys maybe, but um, I really am proud of it. I think the more people watch, the more they'll get engaged. I mean, we've had... Episode 1 and 2 so far, episode 1's the the F the, the that you had to have to set up who everyone was. You know, we saw it too, a little bit of Barry's character, but you wait. We've got episode 3 on Tuesday night at 7pm, and then episode 4 is Townsville. Those two episodes are going to blow people's minds, particularly Townsville. There's some amazing behind-the-scenes stuff and some real raw passion, and a little bit of biff, which is... Uh, well, you talked about driver personalities. Well, they certainly
0: come out. Mm. Now, one thing that a, a pendant like me picks up is uh, James Courtney at Adelaide this year. You actually did an in-car cross. Now, it must be 10 years since you've actually done a live in-car cross. Have, with James out of the series now, have you found any other drivers who are willing to do it?
2: Um, you know what? Funnily enough, Scott McLaughlin wants to do it. He's very keen to do it. But as you can imagine, what he does is serious business. So... It's a difference between Scott's hoping to do it and that we can actually get it done through the team. So Scott's done it for us at Bathurst on outlaps and inlaps when he's been doing practice sessions. Um, the, The real challenge for us is the fine line between distracting them and causing something that's going to affect their race and entertainment. The long story short is we will do more of it if drivers are keen to do it and teams will let them and we're going to find a way to keep get more of that into the telecast.
0: Obviously you're glad that someone's pointed that out now and you can run that quote out in the public.
2: <laughs> that's right that's quite well done.
0: Yeah Nathan uh, fantastic to speak to you I know it's been high stress and high pressure but we're all looking forward to seeing uh, how the BPE series rolls out on Wednesday night.
2: Thanks very much. It's, uh, it's my pleasure, and I, uh, I hope everyone's entertained and uh, all the hard work pays off. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's get on and uh, get ready for a big night's nice viewing for a lot of fans out there. So that's it from Inside Supercars. Thank you for joining us uh, today. Craig Revelle and Tony Whitlock. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time
2: for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.